Hello and welcome to another episode of A Fire Inside Out. I am your host, Ben Hansen, and I'm joined by one Jeff Quark. Hey, buddy. Hello. How are you so, doing? I'm doing so good. How yeah, are you? Good. I, I noticed you had some kind of introductory flow going on. I had to <laughs> knock that right out. I appreciate it. So just trying to explain what this podcast is. Just resetting every time. Because every podcast is somebody's first podcast. Maybe ever. Really? I don't know. The whole idea here <gasps> is that we're running down the band AFI's discography. That's and B-A-N-D. Kind of, no, that's B-A-N-N-E-D. Correct. Uh, and uh, their evolution as a band. Mm-hmm. And so with this episode, we're not covering a specific album. We're kind of covering a gap. Yeah. We're minding the gap, as they say. I want you to explain yourself. I think I did at the end of the last episode, but the overall idea is that uh, I think this is a super important period in AFI's career. Um, Set the stage. I think Sing the Sorrow is a very important album for them. Mm-hmm. And... I think that this period, there is a little bit of a shift, and it's somewhere in this gap. So trying to nail down exactly what's happening, I think, is interesting. Also, it's a little bit self-centered just because I got really into AFI Mm -hmm. post-Art of Drowning and then pre-Sing the Sorrow. And so this is kind of my sweet spot. Two questions for you. My home gap. Yeah. Your home gap. How much time passed between last album and the upcoming one? It's 2000. Mm Mm-hmm. And then this upcoming one is 2003. Okay. And these three songs were recorded during mm-hmm. that period of time, not just released. Correct. Yes. So uh, we are covering the Days of the Phoenix EP, which only has one new song on it, which mm-hmm. is called The Winner's Tale. And then we're also covering the 336 vinyl, which was exclusive to Hot Topic. Really? Yeah. That was it, was, surprise. It, was a, it was a rare treat to pick up one of those bad boys yeah and a um, cartman shirt i want my sandwich that's right and they're relatively obscure tracks like i was trying to find live footage mm-hmm. and i can't find any live footage on youtube uh, or any other video site that's named youtube uh of like the they're band playing search. any of these three songs which is kind of a bummer because i in particular really want to see like winter's tale live at some point yeah um but we should get before we even get to winter's tale mm-hmm. and the first one i feel like i need to do a little bit of a, a setup okay Ready? I'm ready. Okay, so 2000 yes. is when Art of Drowning comes out. Mm-hmm. April 17th, 2001. Uh, Davey releases an album. What? With a band called Son of Sam. Uh, what? It's a confusing thing. So it's not just him by himself, but basically it is the guitarist for Sam Hain. Okay. Which is Danzig's band post Misfits. Right. Um, and so that guitarist then recruited Davey and a couple other folks, and they formed a band, which is kind of like a musical homage to Danzig and Sam Hain, mm-hmm. apparently. But Danzig wasn't invited? <laughs> no, they locked the doors. Okay. I'm sure he's a very busy man. Very busy Manzig. But this album is called Songs from the Earth. Okay. And it's released on April 17th, 2001. And I'm just going to play the first track, which is called Of Power, just to give you a taste mm-hmm. of what else Davey's up to in this era. Super simple drumming. That's when I get to a screaming bit here. So it's very, very Danzig. But it's fun to hear. And actually, going back to this album, it made me realize I never really gave uh, Songs from the Earth enough credit. I listened to it a couple times back in the day, but now listening to it again, it's like, oh, this is like some borderline classic AFI that I haven't really absorbed into my system before. Interesting. Uh, so I recommend if you like old AFI, you should definitely check out Davey's work with Son of Sam. They went on and then 
kind of dropped Davey or he's too busy and they only released one other album in 2008 and they got a new main singer for that one so okay it's just a little weird side project but some would say the first of many side projects so really wanted to give a tip would you cap. be one of the people who said that because you know the answer I do know the answer okay. so Days of the Phoenix EP mm-hmm. in theory Days of the Phoenix kind of blew up surprisingly as a single for AFI right it's helped out by that video so they released this EP which mm-hmm. has Days of the Phoenix and I think Wester on it and then also a new track uh called a winter's tale i'm curious how winter's tale struck you cork i like it you want to just listen to the beginning of it here yeah all right Why did this song not make it onto the album? That's the amazing part. You consider it's a really it, strong song. I completely agree. Winter's Tale and also Dream of Waking are two incredibly strong songs. And like you could have so easily bumped off Smile and Battle mm-hmm. of Art of Drowning. Slip these songs on there. I mean, there's no telling for sure that Winter's Tale was done by that time. That's true. But you could also, if you really want to read into it, maybe they wrote it afterwards mm-hmm. because they start getting into kind of the uh, winter iconography. With the song, they mentioned, obviously, Winter's Tale is the name right. of the track, which is a Shakespeare play. And I was like, studying the lyrics and then reading about the plot of Winter's Tale, because I don't think I've ever read it. Um, and there's not really a direct reference, but like there's a line in Winter's Tale, apparently, from Shakespeare, where they say that a sad tale is best for winter. Mm. So this is just a general sad tale. Yeah. Um, but in the song, he also sings about December for the first time, which is going to become a relevant theme. Oh, really? And overall, just kind of leave the world of the halloweenies behind <laughs> okay and i guess i was Crazy actually I, I found an interview in 2001 mm-hmm. uh with davy where somebody asked him about that directly about like the halloween motif yeah um and he says as a halloween thing i understand why you'd ask because we had those pumpkins for so long <laughs> <laughs> they started to rot no we started those for all our hall for our hall all hollows ep and we just kept them but I don't really like to call us a Halloween band. Describing us as a dark band would definitely be accurate, just because of the dark aesthetic has always appealed to me. Ever since I was a little kid, and as it became more comfortable writing, it started to come out of me more and more, and our music slowly began to complement that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was the music, and that was the art that always attracted me. I think that it is a dark world, and people tend to forget that. When you do ignore something like that, I think rather than embracing it and growing from it, it causes damage. Interesting. Nice little uh, So the, the interviewer <laughs> said... So do you consider yourself to be a Halloween band? <laughs> is that what the question I think, was? I think that was the question, yeah. How about that Halloween? You uh, guys are really a Halloween band. I noticed its influences <laughs> throughout your career. Uh, here's the breakdown for Winter's Tale, if you want to check this out. Favorite whisper. <laughs> the build up to the guitar mm-hmm. coming in it's so chunky he gets points for not whispering about uh asking if we've seen edward scissorhands or something like that so good job <laughs> you should check it out it's a pretty good film he's so misunderstood he pops the water bag <laughs> <laughs> um, 
So in the lyrics for Winter's Tale, he really hits the fancy words pretty heavily mm-hmm. here. So uh, in my list of fancy <laughs> words that he's using, we have immaculate, uh-huh. immaculate as he pronounces it, inanimate, mm-hmm. you know, not too fancy. Then it gets more elaborate with perambulate. Perambulate. I perambulate are the lyrics. Do you have a definition for perambulate, Mr. English major? I have no idea. I wasn't an English major. What are you, a journalism major? Yeah. Yeah, same thing. All right, perambulate, walk or travel around a place or area, especially for pleasure and in a leisurely way. Okay. And then he uses the word somnambulant. Okay, sleepwalking. Oh, is that what it is? Okay. Yeah, it's walking or having the habit of walking while asleep, resembling or having the characteristic of a sleepwalker sluggish. So in the lyrics, he's perambulating in a somnambulant way. Wow. (laughs) Is the way he describes it. Which is a classic case. Of I can kinda... never understand what he's singing about. Interesting. Yeah, don't worry about it. Yeah. I don't know what it is I'm that uh, makes it so mysterious and tough to get through. But overall, yeah, I agree. I think Winter's Tales are really, really strong, strong song. Yeah. But that's Days of the Phoenix EP. Then it's we just... got a three, three, six. Oh, we have to to score. What else was on this? Just Days of the Phoenix and Wester and Wester. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you can't really score it. What was the picture on the EP? That is a great question. Oh, it's a. Did you see it? It's no, like a little that's demon. Why I'm asking. Okay, yeah, it's like a demon that they use on their shirts and stuff like that. Uh, it's kind of a. It looks like a stretched out demon in a lava lamp. It's kind of cool looking. Okay, but in that, I guess they're even getting away from too much of the Halloween imagery. Yeah, demon. It's like a Christmas demon. They don't want to define themselves as strictly a Halloween band. We don't like being called a Halloween <laughs> band. Pigeonhole. Okay, so we're moving on in AFI's career. Yes. Also, I just want to point out how remarkable it is that. Uh, Son of Sam Songs from the Earth came out April 17th, 2001, mm-hmm. and the Days of the Phoenix EP came out April 20th, 2001. Yeah. Pretty cool. Three days apart, two big AFI releases. Well, I guess Days of the Phoenix EP isn't too big. But... How does that work? Because you know, records usually come out on Tuesdays. I don't know. I think they just wanted to hit that 420 date, man. I uh, got it. Yeah. Pretty cool. So, moving on in AFI's career, mm-hmm. December 12th, 2001, Yeah, they make a big announcement. Uh, and so I went back and looked at articles from the time that mm-hmm. were announcing this and all the articles that were talking about it definitely made it seem like, okay, we know something's been up for a long time mm-hmm. and they're finally getting around to talking about it. And here's their official statement. I'm on the edge of my seat. Here we go. What could it be? A couple of months ago, Dexter, the owner of Nitro Records, as I'm sure you know, came to our show in Ventura and sat us down to talk. He told us that he believed we were at a point where we were outgrowing Nitro's resources and he thought that it was a good time for us to move on. As you can imagine, we were quite taken aback. We owed him another record and were very happy on Nitro, but he went on to explain that a different label could offer us things that he felt we needed. From the start, we all agreed that we wanted to continue to work with Nitro, even though we'd be on a different label. Nitro would be involved. After a few months of research, we decided on DreamWorks as our new home based on a few important Mm. things. First and foremost, we're able to keep the complete artistic freedom and control that we had at Nitro. In other words, we can make the music we want and no one can tell us otherwise. Second, DreamWorks is a privately owned label that is free from a lot of the corporate bullshit that other labels face. Third, our good friend Luke Wood works there, a guy who completely understands what we're about and played a large part in our decision to go there. So that's the big news. Yeah. We know that you guys have always had faith in us and trusted us to make music and that we're passionate about. And we'll continue to do just that. Those who truly understand us will know that none of this will ever change us or our music. We're sure many of you have questions or comments about all this, so we'll be doing an online chat through our website to answer answer them. Thanks. And love, Davey J. 
Yeah. Davy. <laughs> Davy, Jade, Hunter, and Adam. Yeah. That's interesting. What, do you believe that story of the owner of the record label sitting them down and saying, I know you guys owe us another mm-hmm. album, but you're getting too big for us? It seems so bizarre. It does seem weird. Um, and I'm sure they're still on good terms with Offspring and Dexter in particular, but like, there's no way that Dexter is that bad of a businessman mm-hmm. where it's just out of the kindness of, of his heart, he thought that that's what needed yeah. to happen. Yeah, I have no idea. I guess I... I don't know what I can add to that, to that announcement. Yeah. I think it's interesting, though, just having that kind of fan base where you have to be super sensitive about being perceived as like a sellout. Oh, for sure. So you have to like have a carefully worded statement. Whereas like the bands that I like now, it's like, oh, they're on a new label. Who gives a f-? You know, right? I mean, it doesn't doesn't matter. Yeah, but this so, I think it was a very sensitive time because it's like after Blink Twenty Two kind of blew up. And mm-hmm. I was reading through the comments and all these old stories. And that's what everybody was citing. It was like, look what happened to Blink. Blink used to be cool. It's going to be just like them. And then there's one person who quoted like an interview with Davey Havoc, apparently on a radio show, mm-hmm. where he was quoted as saying, uh, Nitro is where we started and that's where we'll finish. Okay. So it seems like again and again, they're re- reiterating the point that they never wanted to leave Nitro. Mm-hmm. And then just out When of did blue, they say that, though? Uh, they have mentioned it before. Well, obviously, I mean, was it like years before or like... A week before they made that announcement? I think it was, like, as recent as, like, 2000. Okay. Uh, they'd been saying that they were going to stick on Nitro. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yes, clearly a lot of people were pissed. But in 2001, actually, uh, somebody asked Davey about the possibility of signing up with another label. So this is, I mean, this before is... April. Yeah, it could be. So December 12th is when they announced it. So this is somewhere earlier in 2001. Oh. This is Davey. There's a lot of me reading this episode. I'm sorry. That's okay. You're a good reader. Thank you. This is Davey on the possibility of signing with a larger label. As I've always said, I want people to hear our music. This is what we do with our lives. We love this more than anything. And the more people that we can expose to this, the happier that we are and the happier that we can make people. There is a mindset of this is mine and I don't want anyone else to have it. I understand that. I mean, there are things that I love. And when you see someone that you don't think understands that love, it infuriates you. And again, I think that there's a certain level of understanding that is needed to even appreciate our music. I just want everyone to hear what we do. Mm-hmm. So clearly a lot of people were hounding him about this. He had very strong opinions about it, but the band has never really, I think that like kind of like hardcore punk rock mentality was kind of assigned to AFI. Mm-hmm. Like all of their messaging and interviews has always been, yeah, we want to be heard by as many people as possible. Yeah, it's fun to hear stuff on the radio. Exactly. Like yeah. Adam's interview that we talked about the last time around. Yeah. Um, and so I don't think anybody was really blown away completely by this announcement that they're going to DreamWorks. Mm-hmm. But it's still an odd choice. Like DreamWorks Records, they weren't really around for that long. No, no. Were you familiar with them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm trying to think of who was on. Was that affiliated with uh, Geffen? Yeah. So it was Spielberg, Geffen, and... And Katzenberg. Katzenberg. Okay, DKG. Yep. Okay, and that was like an imprint was the DreamWorks DKG. That was more like an indie thing that they would kind of have. Yeah. DreamWorks was like their proper like pop stuff. Or like just like their bigger thing, and then I think DKG was like an imprint that had like eels and stuff like that on. Okay, interesting. Yeah. yeah. So I, like just in the research I did, I saw that like it's the same label as Randy Newman. So it's like it is a pretty wide net with the actual DreamWorks label, but it's just yeah. it, it was so weird at the time to think that AFI was getting in bed with Steven Spielberg's record company. Yeah. I think at the time it was a big ass bed though. Yeah, record companies supported just. Like once you got to a certain size, it was like a, all manner of artists would be on the on the same lab, label, so it wasn't. 
yeah. big of a deal. I don't yeah, think. No. But at the same time, like you say, Randy Newman's on the same label. I'm sure somebody finds that out, and it's like, those, what the hell's going on? AFI sellouts. <laughs> you dancing wannabe. short people. Come on. <laughs> uh, so this was hotly anticipated. Like everybody wanted to hear how much it would change their sound mm-hmm. when they signed up for DreamWorks. Yeah. Um, and so this 336 release was like your first opportunity. This was on DreamWorks then? Yep. Oh, no. Yeah, so this vinyl. This must have gone over like, oh, boy. It was a tough one. I remember sitting down and hearing these songs for the first time, like sitting in my friend Ronnie's brother's room mm-hmm. and just listening to these over and over again. Like, well, I won't I won't, I won't, won't spoil it, but yeah. let's listen to the first one here, which is And Now the World. I don't mind that kick in there. I think it sounds kind of cool. I just want to get to the background vocals here. Cork, now the world. Give me your take on this song. It, it's such an interesting song because there's a lot of components that you could say are classic AFI. Right. Like if you were to strip the vocals and put them into like an earlier album, it probably would have fit pretty well. Right, right. Except for the very beginning part when he's just doing his singing, which I think is probably... We, I say this every time. It's like, it's the most singing he's done. This It does not get any more singy than this. But. Right. It's just straight up singing. It's just singing. You at can't this point. sing anymore. I mean, it takes like a minute before he gets to a screaming voice. Mm-hmm. And did his screaming voice stand out to you at all in this song? It sounds really well produced. Okay. Yeah. Is that a compliment? I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah. I, I, it's a totally, it reminds me of a song that would play like the closing credits of like a teen movie, kind of like a dark teen movie. Okay. Like if they were to do like a... Donnie Darko? Dar- not a Donnie Darko, but like Dark a, Man? Dark Man. No, I'm thinking uh, Don't Be Afraid of the Dark. Oh, okay. That sounds no. good. No, oh, they, The Dark Knight. The Dark Knight, exactly. No, like a like if they did like a, a remake of Pump Up the Volume or something stupid like that. Okay. Like in the 2000s. Sure, That's, yeah. This would have been like the closing credit song. Interesting. Um, I'm in particular uh, curious what do you think about this right here. Let's hear it. Oh, that part. Let's just say number one, and let's keep track. Yeah, <laughs> and it might be relevant. Oh, was that the Yelp heard around the world? Uh, just let's just not forget about that. Okay, it, um, it's ahead. interesting because I know as a band, and I, we must have talked about this before. By now, how long have they been playing together? I mean, yeah, so it would have been seven years okay. or so. Yeah. Well, maybe this isn't as much time has passed as I thought, but still, you you grow musically mm-hmm. and I, I would imagine moving to a new label are they still working with like producers from nitro and all that or is it like a whole different no it's a team? whole different set i don't know who the producers were specifically on this but there's going to be some big producers coming up okay and so this the record like 
the history of the recording on 336 is pretty mm-hmm. mysterious at this point. Yeah. Um, I, there's not too many interviews that just focus on these songs in particular because it was just mm-hmm. such a tiny limited release through Hot Topic. Yeah. Um, so I don't know too much about the production of this, but yeah. I, again, this is just me, a person who isn't really even an, a huge AFI fan, speculating. Mm-hmm. But I wonder if it was just a situation where you're working with new people, kind of feeling each other out, and you're like, I we're kind of heading in this direction, and maybe, maybe the the like producers are kind of pushing in a direction, and you're just like, you know, this isn't a full album release. This is kind of a, a a way to experiment right and to kind of get your a new sound out and just to see how it how it is yeah for sure you know, so it's not like you're you know launching a new tour with this <laughs> or anything like that yeah i guess i haven't heard you say it. i mean did you do you like this song or it's 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 weird because it does i don't know that <laughs> yeah. it's an afi song really you know and it sounds uh-huh. like a super shitty thing to say because obviously it is the band and they released it <laughs> right their name is on it they yeah. performed it so it is an afi song as much as anything else but it just doesn't seem like afi at all it it still feels to me a little bit like a bit of a sensory deprivation tank which yeah. i think i use an analogy too often but it's still just like yeah this is music mm-hmm. it's not really instilling an emotion to me like the breakdown i still think sounds okay yeah um but what really stands out to me listening to it now especially back to back with uh art of drowning is just how clear the background vocals are mm-hmm. like that's one thing clearly that was a shift in their music, like outside of Davy's singing voice, and he even gets into a growly voice, like during the chorus, we, yeah, like a little bit of that, which is new for him too with this song. But just instead of having the, like we even made fun of it in the last episode, just the chaotic, tough to understand background vocals, mm-hmm. where it's like, what, what was their direction? Like this time around, it's a little bit higher pitch, and it's very clear background vocals going throughout the entire thing. Oh, and there, it's like straight up harmonizing, also. Like there's right. no mistaking it as anything else. It's not just like a like a echo effect or anything like that it's everyone's got their finger in their ear leaning up against the same mic yeah for sure let's listen to a little bit of the later part of the song weird distortion there That that's singing Davy. Yeah. Sounds kinda cool. Background vocals. Like, this part is like out. absolutely like more recent AFI for yeah, sure. Yeah, for sure. Everything but the background vocals, which is very like, yeah. All right, and then the big climax. It's also a surprisingly long song. Mm-hmm. It's coming into like four minutes. Yeah, breaking the AFI stock of like two and a half typically. Well, it depends if you have the long breakdown or like some spooky music playing for <laughs> exactly. a while, as they Thunder as they clap. might. Um, another thing that really stood out to me with now the world is just lyrically. Mm-hmm. I think this album takes a step up lyrically. I think yeah. it's actually pretty strong. It's not like a big F yeah song anymore. It's not like a big rally tune, which I think is a refrain we've had ever since Art of Drowning in the last episode. Um, But they have a line in there where it says, those words that came to life in three. What does that mean? Well, this is a big thing that we'll get into. I'm worried that the Sing the Star episode is going to be like three hours long. 
Oh, that'd be fun. There, there's a lot to cover. Um, but just they start to drive home little bits of imagery, like some numerology. Exactly. Interesting. Uh, so the line that words that came to life in three outside of the album just being called three three six. There's little things that I feel like we should start to pay attention to with this stuff. Okay. And also, like lyrically, uh, it kind of does a full circle, a full circle jerkle where it uh, <laughs> it ends with the opening line again, huh. which is kind of also driving in this cyclical angle which they might be trying to build up over time and we we've talked about it too in like another uh kind of thing that they they like davy likes to sing about stars right you know that's in that song so there you go what more do you need all right six <laughs> perfect so we've got now the world yep uh moving on to reaver's music mm -hmm. let's uh let's remind ourselves what reaver's music is You like that kind of? I just envision like a ghost head flying oh. in, <laughs> like toward the camera. Yeah, exactly. And then the mouth opens and it goes over the camera. Yeah, exactly. Uh, do you like the sound of that? I like I, I like it like in the same way I like a pick slide. So if you're gonna do it, you gotta do it every time. And so far, <laughs> AFI is not disappointing as far as pick slides go. I don't know if it's too late for them to do the the banshee whale. But. Yeah. Uh, let's go. Here's the chorus. Just to refresh you on that. Also, there's a part in the song that's coming up here that it's so grabbing. Making a sick day? <laughs> what is it? It's just like... It's like a dentist drill. Yeah, I think there was some construction going on next door in the recording studio, and the drill just kind of bled over I into like it. sound. Yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting choice there. Like, this song... It has, you know, instead of like, it does have a breakdown, but instead of the big breakdown and mm -hmm. then kind of the release at the end, it seems like they're trying to get a little bit more of the the impact rhythm that they've kind of harnessed in the long form, if that makes sense. And mm -hmm. the, the short little things will pause for a little bit and then kick back in with the ghost head flying in. Yeah. But overall, what'd you like, or what'd you think about Reaver's music? This one, I, I didn't have as much of an impression on me as is uh, Now the World. Not that honestly. you didn't like it as much or it just was less interesting. I think it wasn't as different maybe so it was just kind of like eh, this is just kind of weak afi it wasn't as jarring as uh another world and that's what i think i spent more time thinking about that one okay sure and we only have two songs to think about yeah um, it was pretty difficult <laughs> yeah i i have to we have to talk about the reaction to this though i just like this comes out yeah i'll tell you what the reaction was uh this is my big site back then was punknews.org uh-huh no did you go to hot topic and get this uh a friend of mine did okay was and it like then, a like a cd ep kind of thing it was a vinyl oh it was vinyl okay. yeah so it was, it was a big deal but then i mean the mp3s were out there so quickly right. that that's just mainly how i got used to it but punknews.org's review mm -hmm. says if this 10 inch is any indication of what afi has been concocting in the studio mm -hmm. these past few months then their major major label debut that's slated for a march 2003 release should be nothing short of phenomenal really like the review at least on punknews.org, was the most glowing review you could possibly imagine. And they didn't really notice a shift in sound. It was very much like, this is classic AFI. They've been at the top of their game. They continue to be. But the comments uh, were really starting to turn. Um, a lot of more of the comments were realistic about uh, kind of the how this album sounds. 
Um, there's, How could you not notice? I, it's I did. I mean, whether you like it or not, yeah. I mean, that's something you at least pick up on, right? You'd think so, but I mean, uh, the comments were already <laughs> talking about like this band hasn't been good since Shut Your Mouth. This band was cool for like 15 seconds in 1999. What? Uh, but there's a lot of anticipation for the album, mm-hmm. uh, and there's a lot of debate about: Is it going to sound like this? Is this just a weird test thing? Yeah. How's it going to work? Um, but to get back to Reaver's music for a second. Oh, sorry. Uh, no, this is fine. So this is a, another slightly different sounding Davy for uh, the breakdown here. He sounds so much like Nick 13 here. Here's the Tiger Army singer we talked about him before, but... I actually, I like Reaver's music quite a bit more than Now the World. Maybe it's less interesting overall, but hmm. I guess it sounds a little bit more like older AFI, but yeah. I also like it lyrically. It's, if you actually break it down, it's a cool song just basically about visiting the afterlife uh, and the differences there compared to the human world. And so I like it because it just reminds me of like Scandinavian mythology or something. Oh, okay. Um, but then the more you read into it, it's like, wait a minute, I think I'm just reading too much into it. And I think it's just about kind of a dark, depressed guy. Mm. taking himself out and then commenting on what the afterlife is like okay. uh, before he returns to earth and whatnot. Uh, but I think it's another surprisingly strong song lyrically. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think it sounds okay musically. So what was it like going back to these songs then? Like at the time, what was yeah. your impression? It was, like I said, it was just, it was a lot of like, hmm. Mm-hmm. And then looking at friends like, is this good? It's not yeah. bad. But I guess it's just missing a certain je ne sais quoi mm-hmm. to really get me excited. And so I think there was a little bit of trepidation back then even of like, is this the new AFI then? Do we just get used to this? That's an experience I miss with music, to be like quite honest. Please is like being really into a band with a close friend mm-hmm. and then getting the new release together and sitting down and listening to it and then have it like you were just saying. Like, going, like literally sitting right next to them? Yeah, sitting right okay. next to your friend, uh-huh. and the band is there with looking open anticipation. And sure. Eyes. What do you think? Do you like this song? I don't know if I like this song. And I, I now guess when I hear a new album, it's just I'm in the car or... Yeah, you know. but I mean, there must be... I mean, what's the most like definitive version of that in your mind from your history of like trying to digest a new album with a friend? That was when the the final Pixies album came out. Which one was that? Uh, Trompe Le Monde. Okay. I remember listening to that with my friend Chris and just sitting there and digesting it and listening to it like two or three times and being like think i like this one what is he saying here yeah. uh-huh. it was just super fun i like that and i missed it yeah i just had that recently i guess with like the new modest mouse album okay they're, they're like my favorite band now mm-hmm. pretty much the same band as afi uh but the new album it's just it left me so numb it's like do i just not like new music yeah is this not great i think this is just kind of boring overall but i'm glad the overall internet kind of agreed with me on that one yeah so listening to these two songs it I don't think I appreciated it enough at the time mm-hmm. that these songs are a weird straddling between eras of AFI. They do a lot of straddling. A lot of straddling. <laughs> but like when you only can see one half of the leg mm-hmm. at this point, it didn't really feel like that much of a bridge. Yeah. But going back to them now, it's just it's a weird no man's land, I guess is how I would describe this whole vinyl. See, and that makes me really want to hear the album that comes next a lot of people on the internet in 2001 and 2002 <laughs> also really really wanted to hear that uh god they were concocting it in the lab 
<laughs> Hard at work. Yeah. So there was one more leak. Yeah. Uh, I call it a leak, mm-hmm. but uh, I guess release of AFI during this time where yeah. it was Sing the Star Out came out in 2003, and this is a couple months before it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was Napster or Kaza. I forget which one was big at this point. I think it was probably Kaza, mm-hmm. uh, file sharing software and whatnot. But uh, suddenly, like everything lit up, and it's like AFI, Sing the Sorrows out. It's out. It's out. It's out. And so all my friends downloaded this. We were all super excited about it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, it's the exact. It's like 16 tracks or whatever Sing the Sorrow is. Yep. Like this is going to be great. And we boot it up, and this is what we hear. World War Two is very important to me. World War Two is very important to me. <laughs> Bad Wildcats. Wildcats will. Do it's like sixteen tracks of this. Yeah. Oh God, it's so good. Wrong part of a gun. balls, bonnet balls. balls, balls. <laughs> what are you talking about? What are balls? Ah! Really? God. No, I. Because we. Well, not the really. The World War Two is very important to me. <laughs> what does it have to do with boner balls? World War Two is very important to me. So it took me forever. Like all my friends, we love this song because it's so stupid, and so we would always get it stuck in our heads and just sing it to each other. Uh, and so it took me forever to find it on the internet. Then when I found it, the comments for the video, they're like, oh my God, yes. <laughs> I've been looking for this since I originally downloaded Bleed Black, which <laughs> is uh, an AFI song that's on Sing the Sorrow. Someone says, I still have the original MP3 that I downloaded with this substituted for Bleed Black by AFI. <laughs> ha ha ha, dude, my sister found this searching for the same shit as all of you. I left my ass off when I heard this a long ass <laughs> time ago. I swear on my life that I've been looking for this song for eight or nine years. I was trying to download Bleed Black by <laughs> AFI, and this was the track. Me and my friends have been, have loved it. I've been quoting it for eight years now. It's Everybody had that exact experience of that's really awesome. wanting AFI and then <laughs> getting <laughs> boner <laughs> balls. Very good. So that's the thing. Like if, if you're out there and you're an AFI fan mm-hmm. and you know this song, please let us know. Yeah. If you recorded this song uh-huh. or you have any idea where this came from, that is the ultimate AFI interview. Above Davey on this yeah. podcast, I want Boner Balls <laughs> on this podcast. Yeah. Is that too much to ask? I don't think so. I think it's completely reasonable. <laughs> okay, good. All right. Uh, that's Days of the Phoenix EP and 336 vinyl. I think we can, with this amount of songs, we can only review, like, what do you give it for a score, a one or a two? <laughs> I don't think you can review. I mean... <laughs> Let's let's go ahead and review three three six separately. Winter's Tale, we'll okay. just say, is a good song. Yes, but three three six in particular, one or a two. I'm gonna give it a one. <laughs> it's the worst. <laughs> this is just turning to whose lines it anyway scoring. Okay, let, let's go. Let's go just for uh-huh. the thought experiment on a ten okay. point scale. Okay. Uh, straight five. Okay. I'm gonna say that a two is very important to me. No. Uh. I'll I'll go, yeah I'll go probably five as well. Yeah, but it's also like the kind of five that uh, it's like on a white background and it's like beige. Mm. It's just really tough to read and My, feel. Mine's the kind of five who's got his hat pulled down a little in the front. He's walking with a little swagger. Mmm, I like go. that five. That's I think I remember is. him from Sesame Street. He's pretty cool. All right, well that is it for this episode. What's next? This shorter episode of AFI. Next is a doozy. Next we're gonna do Sing the Sorrow. All right, I can't wait.
man, there's a lot because we're gonna have to do all the music videos. Mm-hmm. There is a effing short film that they oh. made that was released with it that we'll also have to watch. One with two different soundtracks. Really? So maybe I'll do the Hunter soundtrack. You can do the Jade soundtrack. Then we can compare. Okay. Um, and then there's also the whole conspiracy about the secret meaning. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a ton of interviews to digest from this time because this is this is them with the engine behind them as they explain. Is it a two-parter? No. We'll see. Yeah, I, think I it's bet just, I can break you. It'll be two parts. No, I think it's just going to be a really, really long episode. Okay. So clear your schedules. But stay tuned for that. We'll be airing that one next week. And thank you very much for listening to our shorter episode of Fire Inside Out. Uh-huh. And we'll see you guys next time. And AF5. I'm going to the dance, be real, play, you see.